0: So it is our pleasure to share in the word of God this morning with you and to, to um, just talk about what is happening in this story. Um, if you just paid attention while my wife was reading the message, then you probably immediately recognize that that's the ch- chapter and verses that you hear every Easter when you come to church. And uh, so we've given the name title. I'll give John the credit because he came up with this, <laughs> the catchy.
1: It's, it's so yeah, so simple. Is it Easter already? So uh, we're celebrating Easter today. Is and, it Easter? Uh, as we go into the In verses, the story, you guys see why if you're not familiar with them. Um, if you just um, well, we're going to set the scene. While my wife was reading for, the message, then this point you probably immediately
0: recognize that Nate, you were going to yeah, that's the Get us oh, to that chapter point. and verses. I pulled a Jeff. I already have my stuff out of order. I don't there we go. Okay. I found all my pages, though, so I'm good. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, I think it's important when we, when we talk about a passage like this or, or any passage in Scripture, especially when it relates to a group of people sharing an experience that we try to put ourselves in that, in that situation and we try to um, think about what they might be going through, their, per- their perspective and, and their experience. And it, a lot of times it can help us in um learning from god's word in that way and so we have the unique um perspective maybe not unique but we have the perspective of knowing the entirety of the word of god that's recorded for us and we have it in print we can go on our phones at just at the drop of a hat we can look and we can cross reference we have that 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 um
1: Ability. And think, think thank goodness you. that we do.
0: Yeah, big <laughs> words are hard for me. Thank you. Ability. Ability. Um, but I just wanted to just kind of lay the foundation of, you know, Jeff shared with us last night uh, or last week about the crucifixion. And so we have these, this group of believers that have followed Jesus around for years. And they've listened to everything Jesus had. They, they celebrated the Lord's communion with him in the upper room. And then their leader was betrayed, handed over, and ultimately... Beaten and crucified um, right before their eyes, and um, the reaction for many of those people was fear, and they they ran. um, Peter, as you know, denied Jesus, and and um, so they've spent these last couple of days after the after the crucifixion, death, and burial of Jesus, in a room together, wondering what to do next, Um, and so. This, this takes us to the, the morning of the morning of the resurrection. And so I just wanted to just lay that foundation and, and just remind us that they didn't know the end of the story. They didn't, they didn't even know what would happen a week from there. Um, just like we don't know what's going to happen next week. We couldn't um, act out in all in all um, confidence because we don't always know uh, God's plan. And so that's where we are, and we're gonna we're gonna take a Take you through um, some some main points that we learned from the scriptures we studied, and um, I don't want to speak for John, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, simple minds require simple <laughs> simple steps, and so we've come up with a, uh, yes. six points, and they all have a letter that um, what's that called again? Acronym. An acronym. Um, Big word out of the word Easter, and so you'll see that as we go through, but. Um, so that's what we did, you know. A lot of that comes from our love of sports. We we think about ERA. Does anybody know what ERA means? Michael knows in the back. He just raises his hand. He knows. He's not going to answer though. Simple, simple <laughs> steps. You. And so we um, come up with. A, uh, and yeah. so, John, I'm gonna let you Take six it away. points, and they all so have a
1: letter. Come to our first point, that, which is um, E. Acronym. An acronym. I don't know if I need to stand um, still, but I'll try. Sure out of the word so easter and so eyewitnesses you'll see that you know, as go we go through but come on a scene um, of an accident so that's what we did. in an accident you know a lot of that comes from anything our like that schools, there's we, always we eyewitnesses there's different perspectives, point of views and so ours in this story are the women and so i just want to point out that. <laughs> And so we um, come nice, up with uh, uh, and so ourselves John, by having like six Y-way points here. and they all so have a letter our first point goodness, which is I uh, e- witnessed so the um, um, ability to stand um, with, with that, that right. back in those out days out so Lord Lord they eyewitnesses. eyewitnesses, you'll see that you know, know, as a little statement of an accident so that's what we did on all of that anything like that there's always 100 women together all the same it wouldn't be allowed in Rome and so ours in this story so the are low the status women? then is definitely not what so it is today. I just want to point out. You guys know steps. And bringing so our white guys. Uh, so. You we know, like so have a letter of a white witness. our Up there. with
0: that. not you see that as a we did. not have
1: anything that a hundred women together. all the same. we started They not be allowed in Rome. And so. We talked about. Story. So um, the most most and how it was based on interviews and, and just some of the same witnesses but a little more in depth as Luke was going. So um, some I just want to touch on these women and their roles because it's pretty special how Luke kind of points it out. So um, these women help support this ministry out of their own means. You know, what's that mean? I mean, financially... And, and just physically involved in what was going on day to day. Uh, um, they, were, they were multitaskers, as we see today. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I could do one good thing at a time. But these women were able to do these things um, all day long and, and every day, and just didn't, you just didn't see that so much in the books. Um, Luke points it out a little bit more. So they were kind of behind the scenes. And I know when we started this, we are like, oh, we could just do this all in sports. And, and that would be the outline. And so we were thinking, well, what's the first one? What's eyewitnesses? And I said cheerleaders. And Nate said, I'm not going there. So we don't want to call women we're cheerleaders. <laughs> he thought we were going to get in trouble with that. But the point of that was that the, the support role, and I think maybe fans or even a general manager might be more applicable to this situation, but just having their hands in a lot of things and, and being the first line of support, excuse me, um, they witnessed Jesus' death. I mean, they were there. And afterwards, they wanted to properly care for his body. They purchased and prepared spices we read that in in chapter 23 and as it continues on in 24. um this was again out of their own means they prepared this um, in a loving manner they wanted to go back and bury him properly but they had to wait that time
0: bring up yeah, because these women weren't going expecting to see a risen savior the, the things have been hidden to them, as we, we learn later, the angel has to remind them. But their level of, of devotion and commitment to Jesus, they just wanted him to be honored. Um, and so I think that really, you know, this is my, my opinion, it, it seems like that, that, that was why they were allowed to be, like, first on the scene in this situation, because God saw that the honor that they, they were giving to Jesus, and he... Um, wanted to reward them for that, I believe.
1: Absolutely, their, their faithfulness and devotion. So they witnessed, his, they witnessed his death. They wanted to properly care for his body, how much they, they loved him. They witnessed the empty tomb. And then later on, Mary specifically was the first to see Jesus resurrected. So these women were devoted to Jesus, even after death. They may not have known what was going to happen, but they were devoted, and they continued to care for Jesus' body. And in doing so, were witnesses to the empty tomb and ultimately seeing Jesus. So, like Nate was pointing to, because of their devotion was consistent all the way through, they continued to do the same things even after he died. And because of that, they were rewarded with, with those other things of seeing him and seeing the empty tomb first. I mean, I, I could just imagine the guys were probably playing PlayStation all in an empty room, you know, whatever they're doing—fantasy um, football, whatever, whatever we do, one at a time, though, only one thing at a time. And um, these women are still doing these tasks; they're still fulfilling these tasks. They needed to be done, and they were rewarded in doing so. I think they played fantasy fishing. Fantasy fishing? Yeah. <laughs> Back then, yes. So, anticipation is our next point of our Easter acronym um, and this one is, is anticip- anticipation of, of Peter here so the question is did Peter run in anticipation to not see Jesus or was it the other way around so I know we had Ron Proseis who's our uh, director of missions for the Southern Baptist um, network here and he, he preached I don't know maybe six weeks ago something like that and he, and he spoke about peter and judas and their different roles and i thought it was very interesting and it, and it i, I kind of looked at nate at that point in time to see if he was looking back at me i think he was in the sound booth at the time because that that uh just picture of peter running um nate the week before had brought that up to to our our message here is one of the points so did peter run in anticipation to not see jesus or was it the other way way around we know peter Peter had many faults. He was worried about the crowd. He started to sink in Matthew 14, 30. Peter didn't pray. He wasn't the only one. And Peter disowned Jesus in Luke 22:61 61 and 62. And ultimately, Peter rebuked Jesus. So we see a lot of things that Peter didn't do well. And I think we can probably run a parallel to that in our lives. Of things that we don't do very well, but the difference between Peter and Judas, we're going to see, is that Peter,
0: Peter always came back. Yeah, I think it. Oh, we were as we we're studying for this, I thought, is there a is there a character in the Bible that is uh, mocked for his behavior more than Peter? I feel like he's like the the whipping boy of the Bible. We always get on him about you know these these ways that he stumbled. But at the end of the day, Peter always saw Jesus for who he was. Uh, He believed absolutely that he was the Messiah. And and he knew that in failure, we don't run and hide from from God. We run to him, and we seek that redemption. We don't serve a God who is waiting to condemn us. Um, We serve a God who is ready to uh, not only restore us, but to empower us. I mean... Peter's story, as we see, you know, the man with, with the big mouth and the man who sinks and and all these things is the man that Jesus entrusted to build his church upon. And that's an encouraging thing. Such an encouraging thing. Um, so, that leads us to talking about, you know, when we're talking about that perspective, the, uh, the ideas of separate realities or or another way to say it would be man's um, reality what we think is fact versus God's truth they were presented the the men in the in the in the upper room when the women came back and they reported everything they had there was no reason not to believe not to believe that they were they were credible these men knew these women um, and they came back and reported that he he was gone and that he had risen and yet they did not believe um, they 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 even said that you know um, that they're talking nonsense these words seem like nonsense to them and um, it is it, it is just like that idea that like I already know what happened because I saw him die and so I know that death is final and therefore. It doesn't matter what you came back and reported because we know that that's not possible and just that that um, that unwillingness um, to see and so um, as the scene is unfolding there's there's all these um, pictures of uh, of a short-sightedness of not seeing from a heavenly uh, perspective now it does say in the word that these things were hidden from them and so it's not that they just didn't have faith, that there was a, a, a spiritual element to it, but, you know, these women, as they're walking, they're, in Mark, they're talking about who's going to roll the stone away when we get there. They're coming with all the preparations, but they can't just walk into a tomb. So they're, like, thinking about the practical ways. They're not considering um, that they're going to come up and see the tomb empty. It's kind of ironic, just on the way, they just
1: started thinking that, oh, yeah, how are we going to even get to the body? You know, yeah. and, I mean, if...
0: Probably took quite a few full-sized men to get that thing rolled away. Not to mention being guarded and all that—all that comes with the, that, and the seal and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and even John, when he comes upon the scene, um, is recorded in one of the other gospels that he did believe, and it was um, wasn't so much. That it it wasn't so much that he remembered what Jesus said, but that he just saw the empty tomb, and so there was this element of belief. belief. But we, um, I think, it does lead us to the to the question of or the the challenge of that we as as humans, in our in our um, sinfulness, we're prone to limit God by think, thinking you just can't do something, and this is an extreme example one of the most, I would say the most extreme example, you know, raising someone from dead after after three days. Um, but nonetheless, how many times do we just think God's not going to, he's not going to intercede, he's not willing to do something, or he's not able to do something, and so we don't ask, and so we don't go to God. And it doesn't mean that God's always going to give us what we think we want. He has a, a sovereign plan that that is unfolding and we don't know that plan but it's a shame when we limit god by by not even asking
1: i think that's one of my bigger faults is not taking those little things to god because i think he's he doesn't need to be bothered by that so in 2009 i was i was our church, uh, when we were at Cyprus, was brought with an opportunity to go on a mission trip to Ecuador with um, a, a ministry called Happy Feet International. And is what they do is, is they take shoes and socks to these children over the world, and, and this place was Ecuador that we were gonna go to. And um, any of those who know me pretty well, I have a deep love for children, little children especially, they tug at my heart so um, this big guy will be in with babies and and whatever else changing diapers doesn't matter but um, so my heart was immediately pulled for for those children and and saw pictures and and kind of what they did and so this was going to be in Ecuador in the Quichua Indians in the mountains there going to those remote places and just loving on these kids through socks and shoes that was the tool. be able to get in and so I immediately before I even knew what was involved said yes God this is what you want me to do I'm doing this and of course the me inside saw dollar signs and everything else and said no that's not possible but getting past that I ended up going and it was by God's grace and that's a whole nother story that if you guys want to know that come and see me and I'll tell you how that ended up as far as getting the funds for that. But going on this trip with, um, I think it was 12 of us that went, um, my start of that trip was thinking, I'm just gonna win so I'm out there and, and tell them the good news. And, and it just, you know, in hundreds of them, they were just excited about what was going on. But it started with that, those kids and that simple pair of socks and shoes. So it was all about me at the beginning of that trip. And at the end of it, I could honestly say I got more out of that trip than I put into it. And that was all God just kind of lifted me up and saying, look, this is this is not about you. It's not what you can do, but what you can do through me. So just loving on those kids and doing that was a really special trip for me. So that was another kind of a point of, of my reality versus what God's truth was for that mission trip. And um, that love for missions just continues on. For me and my and my kids, to get to go on these trips and see that. So,
0: so moving on, we're gonna talk about trusting the plan. Or if you're a basketball fan, you might remember trust the process. The failed uh, the failed Philadelphia 76 ers uh, plan to win a championship, but trusting the plan. Why did it have to happen this way? Like, a, why did it happen to die? We have, we have, you know, we have answers to that. We know we need a, we need a savior. We needed um, a sacrifice that was perfect. Um, some of those questions are, are are easier to answer. But then, why did they use, as John talked about earlier, that why did they use women as as the main witnesses? You know, if you're trying to, to cover up. Something like this. If you're trying to manipulate it, you're not going to use something that could easily be, you know, discredited in court or something like that. Um, why did he have to suffer the way he did? Why? Why couldn't he have just died? Why did he have to suffer? And things like why didn't the disciples remember what was foretold? Um, all these are at, are answered um, in Scripture. I'm going to go through a. A few of them, if you'd like to follow along, um, I'll try not to move too fast. We're going to go through just a couple of the scriptures that talk about um, what he had to go through, it, his, his pain. A lot of it had to, you know, it was all prophesied. It was all foretold. The way that, the specific ways that he would um, endure pain and suffering as he went to the cross and bore our sacrifice. And. Uh, it's just a, it's really, um, you know, when we talk about credibility, the fact that the, the, the specific, I'm not going to try to say that word, how specific the Old Testament is um, in some of these um, prophecies and even in the New Testament um, and just how it followed what happened down to a T. Um, in Isaiah 52, verse 14, it says, Just as many were appalled at you, His appearance was so disfigured that he did not look like a man and his form did not resemble a human being. We talked about how he was, you know, we learned about how he was beat and scourged last week. Um, In the the very next um, chapter, Isaiah 53, um, a familiar passage of of prophecy about the Messiah, um, but specifically in verse 12, it says, Therefore I give him the many is a portion, and he will receive the mightiest spoil because he submitted himself to death. Remember, he did that willingly for you and me. And he was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. In case we're not a couple of things, in, in Luke um, chapter 18, verse 31 to 34, he says. Then he took the twelve aside and he told them, Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem. Everything that is written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles. He'll be mocked, insulted, spit on. And after they flog him, they will kill him. And he will rise again on the third day. They understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them. They did not grasp what was said. And also talking about the three days, Jesus is is speaking, referencing Jonah, he said, for just as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. And so, um, you know, many, many other passages like that that just point to the the plan that the Father had laid out, the plan of redemption that he had for us, that um, just followed a specific thing. And remember you know the son knew the father's plan and he even asked if there was another way and, and there wasn't this was the plan that the father had and uh that leads us to the empty grave
1: and i think i think the suffering is is part of the sacrifice
0: mm. am i not on yeah you hear me oh i, I meant are you on point
1: yeah <laughs> i get an amen there we go I'll just. Oh, there it is. I was just gonna say I'll talk really loud, but that's super loud. So, just just to kind of follow up on that. So, we we definitely don't want to follow Jesus for the wrong reasons, and I know Ron. ProSice again talked about that and, and he labeled that more of, of Judas. So some of those, some people in that time wanted to make Jesus king. But we got to remember, he came to serve and not be served. So not following him for the wrong reasons. Not followed Christ for the wrong reasons. So again, that it rolls right over to the empty grave. Uh, rolls, huh? So we were, we were talking about what kind of fun stuff could we do for this service. And, and I said, well, we should do like, you know, like uh, Oprah or one of those talk shows that just kind of does a giveaway. Did we do that? So, no, we didn't. Oh. So we thought, oh, well, that would be so much fun to stick some under somebody's chair and it would be a giveaway. So jokingly, you know, I think, I don't remember who came up with the Easter egg. We can put an Easter egg on chair. And so Nate said, well, we were talking about what do we put in there? You know, what kind of giveaway would be fun? And he, he said, nothing. I said, well, that's not fun. And he said, well, it's a remembrance of, of the empty tomb. So what a great response to an empty Easter egg, and I'm sure you kids would have loved that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyways, I, I thought that was pretty fun, and, and um, so be a little more serious here, getting back to the empty grave. that That totally just simplify it and say that that's Christ's authority. I mean, Christ's authority over life and death. Christ's death and resurrection proves his authority. Um, I mean, there's it's, it's as simple as that, and I know uh, other people can try and uh, fight that over some different uh, scriptures or different things, but I mean, it's plain as day that his, back in, um, when Nate was talking about um isaiah 52 and i think it was um sorry also psalm 22 if you guys go back there and read psalm 22 and isaiah 52 and isaiah 53 there's there's a bunch of verses in there that talk about this as more of a prophecy of what's going to happen and and so it's it's written and then his authority over sin and satan i mean don't let that be the part that that falls aside Jesus died not because of his sin. He didn't have any because of us. That's why he died. So that gives him the authority over sin and Satan as well. So it says in uh, Romans 14:11, um, As surely as I live, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So whether you believe it or not, it's, it's going to happen. So we can either commit ourselves today in this time, or we can do it when it's too late. But regardless, it's going to happen. Romans 14, 12. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. I mean, that's coming. Th- these, are, these are realities for us as believers, and this is what we need to do as um, making disciples to others. And then Matthew twenty eight eighteen. You know, I love, I love Matthew 28. Um, as, as somebody who loves missions, how can you not? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's just a tidbit out of there. We're going to read some more here later. But he has the authority, the authority over the, empty, over the, over the grave. Um, we have a risen Savior. So is this Easter? No,
0: but yeah, every day. Yeah, so we need we need to examine examine that story. Every, every story that contains 100 percent truth can be um, it can be examined and it's going to pass the test, right? Um, I think Mark Twain said uh, if you always tell the truth, you never have to remember anything. Something to that effect. I think that was Mark Twain. I hope I'm not giving that to the wrong person. But uh, you know, as we you know, just kind of recapping, we're going to respond here. But as we look at this story, you know, some of the, one of the other, I'm blanking right now, one of the other gospels talks about how everything was folded up, the the, the wrappings that Jesus was in. Detailed information. You know, someone who would have gone and just rushed him out of there, they either would have taken everything with them. they would have thrown the stuff on the floor, they're not going to take the time in the middle of the night to, to fold all this stuff up. You know,
1: you go ahead. Yeah, and, and not all the gospels share the same detail. Don't let that deter you in thinking that something's wrong there. It's just like we said about Luke. There's different perspectives. There's different writers. You know, John's book—he wasn't an eyewitness to every single account. Um, he had to take other other people's um, accounts of what happened and put those down. So, not all the gospels share the same detail, and. So we have four unique people who have different emphasis, perspectives, and accounts of what happened. That's a good thing. But what's awesome is we do see some similarities, but the most important is they all said that there's an empty grave. Um, Yeah, so I I read in studying for this, I read and shared with um, Nate, I read a, a, a part where it said on this specifically, that um, One day there was a, a professor, he was teaching his kids, he had his kids in this lecture hall, and the person who was given the lecture, at the very end of the lecture, died. He just passed, passed right downstage, stage, died. Well, the professor, not wanting to miss a, a moment of teaching, grabbed his students, put them in, there about 30 students, put them in a room, and said, write down what you just saw. Detailed as you can be, you got 30 minutes. Every single student, all 30 of them, came back with a different account of what happened. They're all sitting in the same hall looking at the same thing, but they experience it differently. So don't let there be, just because there's, there's four Gospels and, and things aren't similar, don't let it be a point of contention with somebody who's, who's saying that, no, I can't be right because this and this doesn't line up. Well, if you look at them all, and, and I don't remember what book we were reading through, um, Matt pointed it out to us a reference that we are looking at how a lot of them do line up and there's some different emphasis on how it could happen so again um, we're, we're kind of fortunate to have all the gospels we have and see the different accounts and be able to go back and reference it was really neat going through this
0: yeah in this this plan that we're ta- we've been talking about all morning that the father laid out that part of the plan was completed. It was, it was finished. The covenant was established with Jesus and his, his people, his believers. But it's not, it's not the end of the, the whole plan, is it? We, we still have um, a mission to do. If, if, you call, if we call yourself, ourselves followers of Christ, if we're committed to him, then we have a mission to go and make disciples. So you wanna, let's go to our did I miss anything? You hit on that or, I think yeah.
1: So one, one point we want to make on that one too, the response is you know, the stone was rolled away, it says that, that we had read and the body of Jesus was gone is still the women were perplexed and had forgotten. His word and the angels reminded them. So the angels had to remind him and then they remembered. You know, today we don't need angels to remind us, and that's because, like John 14 26, we got the Holy Spirit to do that. So I, we're pretty fortunate in that way as well. That it's easy for us to look back and say, Well, what do you mean they forgot? What do you mean it was hidden from them? When we're talking about disciples or, or the women, I mean, it's right there. It's silly how, you know, what do you mean you forget that? That's important. But some of those things were hidden from them on purpose, and there was reasons for it. For us, we've got the book, we've got the Bible to God's account, and we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us to, to prod us along. I mean, that's what pushed me along to, to journey on that mission trip. Um, that's what got Nate and I here up on this stage and talking to where we're at. So, want to go into our questions?
0: Yeah. Are these on the handout? These are not. These are not you got to do some writing. So we're just gonna a couple of challenges that the Holy Spirit placed on our hearts, and I just want to encourage you. If any of these or all of them speak to you, I want to encourage you to write them down, ponder them, consider them, and hopefully these these are an encouragement to you um, in our circle of influence who do you need to be a credible witness to that was John that's a that's a mean one that makes me feel really uh, convicted I'm just kidding
1: yeah okay so the second one is what do you need to run to Jesus for what do you need to run to Jesus for what's going on in your life you know what do you need to give him right now it could be something small like I talk about I've got all these small things that I don't even take to him I just think John can do it so I got to run to Jesus for those and sometimes it's it's that you've you know you've done something that you're ashamed of and and you think you you need to be hidden from Jesus for that and and God wants you to take that take that to the cross give it to him so run to Jesus for that
0: Re- reconcile finally have you have you fully submitted to God's plan? So
1: we talk about trusting the plan. That was under T, and you know God's not plan. God's plan is not completed with with death of Christ and the resurrection. You know Matthew twenty-eight also talks about um, where to make disciples, and you may need to help me out here, but equip, God. encourage engage empower and engage and that's what we're called to do so um we still have a plan and so have you fully submitted to god's plan today you're you're needed you're part of god's army and whether it's going to colombia or as matt says colombia or ecuador or whatever god has tugged on your hearts, there's ministry right here in this neighborhood there's, there's, there's ministry right in your home that needs to happen. We're called to, to you know, speak truth into our children's lives.
0: It needs to happen. and We just got to have that perspective. Uh, we're going to move into a time of communion, so I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. They're going to play some music while we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for, for all believers. And we are um, commanded by Jesus to remember on a regular occasion the sacrifice of his, his body and his blood. We're just gonna go back a couple of days in this story to when Jesus was in the, the upper room with his his disciples and he shared that that cup and that bread with them and he walked them through the meaning of what he was about to do, the plan that was about to unfold. In Luke 22, verse 17, it records, nope, yep, let me back up. 17. 17. It says, He took the cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took the bread, and he gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them. And said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we're going to take the bread together. And just remember the sacrifice of his body that was not just killed, it was beaten. And mocked. And he did it in love for you to take and eat.
1: And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So in taking, in taking the cup, just as Nate was talking about, he was, Jesus was beaten. I mean, this was, he was disconfigured, the Bible says. He was speared. I mean, this is is something that when he shared this was, I, I imagine, an emotional time for him in talking to his disciples. So we need to not take this lightly as well. And when we take the cup, remember what Jesus, his blood was spilt for you and me. Well, thanks for letting us share with you, and we hope uh, some of it was enlightening, if not all. I know it's a simple message um, at Easter time, but it's it's Easter every day when um, when we remember what God did for us—the sacrifices that happened—and we need to do that individually every day. Thank you. And let's worship together.